Hello again and welcome. In this podcast, we discuss Out of the Bottle, the memoir of Londoner Graham Webb, an entrepreneur who overcame the challenges of spina bifida to become a hair industry icon. Join in our chat with Graham and listen as he reads from the book. This is episode six. And we return to our chat with Graham Webb. Hello, Graham. It's easy to understand that being a businessman requires a knack for relationship cultivation. In the hair and fashion industries, it must be especially important, particularly with the media. Dealing with uh, journalists that you get to know, certainly on a local level, um, it's almost always been a kind of quasi-friendship as well as a business relationship. They need to get to know you, you need to get to know them. You go out to lunch, you do end up meeting their kids or they end up meeting yours and you naturally ask about theirs back and forth. It's not all about, hey, I've got a press release, will you run it? It doesn't work like that. And there was a lady on the local newspaper at the time, uh, the Kentish Times newspaper, and she was the woman's page editor. And although much of the year I would be trying to get stuff onto her page, there would sometimes be occasions where um, her advertising department would contact her at the last minute to say an advertiser has pulled out and could she find somebody to editorially fill the page, even though it was the sort of newspaper that happily had no connection with advertising and editorial. They were correctly separate. If you took an ad, she wouldn't run an editorial. But sometimes they'd need to fill the page because there'd be a hole in it after an advertiser pulled out. So I got on very well with Lucy Toomey, and she always could count on me with coming up with something if she needed it. And one day she said to me, I'm moving to Australia with uh, my family. My husband's got a job down there. And that was it. We kept in touch with each other for a little while, but it kind of dwindled. And then about six years later, um, my Graham Webb team were undertaking a tour of Australia. We were doing big hair shows all the way from Perth to tropical Queensland, all the way around Australia. And I was flying from Perth to Adelaide, and I bought the newspaper, The Australian. And I'm sitting on the plane, you know, reading The Australian, and suddenly there's this big article by Lucy Toomey. T-W-O-M-E-Y. I mean, it wasn't like sort of Smith. It was a slightly unusual name. So when I got to Adelaide with my antennae up, I rang the Australian editorial office, office, I think it was in Sydney, and I asked if I could speak to Lucy Toomey. And news desks are often busy places with people that didn't really want to pick the phone up, you know, they haven't got a lot of time. And I said, could I speak to Lucy Toomey? And the guy said, oh, it's a day off today. Oh, uh, my name's Graham Webb, and I could tell by then he wanted to move on. And I, I had to speak quickly and try to get him to appreciate that was this the Lucy Toomey that came from England that I used to know? And, of course, he wouldn't give me her number, but he he reluctantly took my phone number after I persuaded him to. 
And he said somebody would get back to me. Well, of course, you think they probably won't. And about an hour later, my phone went in my hotel and it was, this is Lucy Toomey. Is that the Graham Webb from England? Um, although I didn't get together with her, she asked me what I was doing in Sydney and I, I sent her some photographs. And about a week later, by the time I'd got round to Brisbane, right round the other end of Australia, there was a huge article on me in the Australian, the National Newspaper of Australia. And it was just such a fantastic feeling that the relationship I'd built between my small salon at the time and her relatively local newspaper in southeast London, that relationship grew into me having been in Australia on tour and her with a big major newspaper and her feeling that was empowering enough to run this article on me. That anecdote really speaks to the pitfalls of short-sightedness, doesn't it? And the advantages of knowing people at a variety of professional levels. Always look after even the smallest local journalists or broadcasters, because if they're as ambitious as you are, you may well meet them later on. Interesting. Let's seg now to an excerpt from the book, Out of the Bottle, uh, one in which you discuss cultivating relationships in further detail. I think it was those years in sales, first selling rice pudding and then shampoo, that nurtured the self-esteem that eluded me in my early life. There's simply no way of being a successful salesperson without having a measure of faith in oneself. Confidence in yourself, once realized, becomes the most important asset to have out there in a big indifferent world. I tell this to my kids today, who sometimes think that talent and intelligence just sort of bubble up to the surface on their own. But the way I look at it is this. If you don't feel confident about yourself, why should anyone else believe in you? And if you want to set the world on fire, you ought to appear to others as a person who has a flame burning inside. When my eldest son, Roderick, was planning to go to Argentina for his Oxford University year away, I'd been invited to a Confederation of British Industry conference about doing business in Argentina. You should go instead of me, I told Rod, and I'll pay for the ticket, but here's what I want you to do. I gave him my Graham Network Web guide to getting the most out of one of these meetings. Get there early, I told him, and get a list of the attendees. This way you'll know who else is there, and perhaps there will be somebody there who will be good to know. Here's your chance to meet that person in a situation that wouldn't be as awkward as phoning out of the blue. Getting there early is your best chance for conversation. There are fewer people vying for attention, and people, especially Brits, are usually a bit awkward and nervous when they first arrive. 
This is a good time to talk to other attendees without being interrupted. It's also easier earlier on to talk to the speaker at the event. Once the speaker finishes his or her talk, everyone else will have questions and comments or want to shake hands and it will be jolly hard to get a word in. And finally, if the speaker takes questions, make sure you have already thought of a good one and be ready to shoot your hand up immediately when the chairman invites questions. When you're called upon, first give your name, why you are there, and anything else that you'd like everyone to know about you. The question, particularly what you say before you actually ask it, is the best way to introduce yourself to the rest of the audience. I would have various approaches to this. For example, if I were in a meeting of big business people, I wouldn't introduce myself as a hairdressing salon owner. This, despite what we in my industry know, might turn them off, making them think I'm a lightweight in their midst. So I would say, I'm part of the three billion a year UK professional hairdressing industry. That just might get more of their attention. But often I would opt for humour. Hello, I'm Graham Webb. I'm a follicle engineer in the three billion pound professional hairdressing industry. And I specialise in cutting waste and trimming overheads. The important thing I tell my kids now is not to be afraid to sell yourself in a friendly, positive manner. Make an impression on people with your personality. It always helps to make good impressions on anyone you meet because you just never know what life holds or who will play a role in your success further on down the road. But more importantly, I think, being positive and outgoing is a better way to live. And building bridges to people rather than burning them seems like a really sensible way to go about life. We're all in this one time, with the possible exception of reincarnation enthusiasts such as Shirley MacLaine and our dear family friend Helen Reddy. So we might as well make it easy on each other. I never imagined that I'd be back in salons after I'd taken the job with the Bovril Group Marketing Rice Pudding Company in 1967. But when I took the sales job with Weller, I found myself back in that world again. Weller had me teaching hair colour in its London studio on some days, and on others I would be selling Weller products to various salons. It was completely different for me, walking into these salons as a salesperson rather than as one of the hairdressers. It suited my personality more. I had become, in this reincarnation, a person of importance for the salon owner, a person outside his control. It changed my view of the salon. Selling to salons gave me a measure of freedom and a new appreciation for the business, seeing it for the first time as a salon owner would.
information about purchasing out of the bottle, visit gramweb.co.uk. Profits from the sale of Out of the Bottle go to benefit a variety of charities, including those seeking to find a cure for spina bifida.